It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. The PGA Tour rolls on out of Tampa as a big win there for Sam Burns. If uh, you've been following the podcast at all, you know exactly who Sam Burns is, the kind of player that he is, and it should be no surprise that he got his first win on the PGA Tour. It's easy to say, you know, a player wins, and it's easy to say that he's going to win a bunch more. But you just kind of got the feeling with Sam Burns that he's special. He's long, got a good approach game. He's a wonderful putter. This is going to be the first of many from the kid from LSU. He knows a thing or two about fast Bermuda greens, and that trend's going to continue now as we move up to the Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow. Beautiful golf course, and they have fast Bermuda greens as well. And to help me break this down, as we do here on the matchup, give you your best DFS lineup possible is Skylar Hoke. Thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, Travis, appreciate you having me on. You know, big fan of what you guys are doing. Heck of a lineup this week. Um, and, you know, just uh, really appreciate being a part of it. FTF, uh, FTN Daily at Skyhook DFS is where you can find Skylar on Twitter. And now I I've been following you for a while. You're on a little bit of a heater here in particular in the European tour, right? You guys are, um, you guys are like looking ahead into the future here on what's going to happen on the European tour. I've been following that. You've been doing well on the PGA tour and we're going to get to this tournament here in a minute, but give my audience, if you will, one or two names on the European tour that we, we need to pay attention to here into the spring and summer. 100%. Yeah, European Tour is just one of my favorite projects as it comes across in golf because you're exactly right. You see, you know, golfers who are now, you know, ultimately the elite level that made their, you know, way through whether it be the Challenge Tour into the European Tour, Brooks Kepka being probably the most famous one who cut his teeth over there and now of course, you know, four-time major winner. Um, one of the favorite golfers that I have in the entire world and it's probably due to his name but also his winning nature. Uh, his name is Guido Migliazzi. Oh. So a young Italian <laughs> stud, two-time winner in his rookie t- uh, tour, uh, rookie year on the European tour. Um, and he's out there and can go low with the best of them. Uh, so he's probably floating, you know, this week he's down to 33 to one. It's one of their weaker fields, but you'll see him kind of mid-range most weeks and trying to really work his way into the top 100 in the world because those guys who are in the top 100 are the ones that are getting opportunities at the major championships. Mm -hmm. And the second one that I would say that we are going to see at Kiowa coming up was the 21-year-old who won two weeks ago, uh, Garrick Higo huge lefty um south african you know they're they're just the breeding place for for elite golfers and this kid can bomb it yeah he was out there 350 plus on sunday you know winning at 24 under so he is now guaranteed his spot at kiowa now i think he just cracked the top 70 in the world for the first time so we're going to get to see him so uh you know guido hopefully we get to those ranks soon but higo is the one we'll be rooting on uh the majors the rest of the year yeah he looks good uh big lefty just effortless power. I, I posted him on my Instagram and I said, you probably need to pay attention to this, this young kid. Cause he's coming. He can really go. And absolutely. Um, yeah. It'll be fun to, to watch him at Keo. And of course the audience here, they, they want to talk about the PGA tour here in the matchup. What we do is we, uh, we go through each level of pricing and we we're going to touch as many players as we can. We'll talk about all of them in the 11, 10, nine, eight, and then we're going to really get after it as much as we can in the seven and the six. And of course, you got to formulate your lineup how you want to, but you'll kind of see how we're leaning as we go through the show. But before we get to that, uh, great golf course, uh, Quail Hollow. You look at the winners here, of course, Max Homa back in 2019, Jason Day, 18, Brian Harmon, 17, James Hahn, 2016. Rory's won a couple times here. Uh, it's a golf course, you know, strokes and approach, we know. Um, Skyler is the metric. It is the statistics you've got to win in the approach game. But we also know here Bermuda greens, fast strokes, hand putting, that's going to weigh in big time here as it did at the Valspar a week ago. Mm-hmm. But at least in my eyes, when I look at this tournament strokes, can off the tee, I think the distance here, you can get after it here with your driver. You're going to see some long drives here, 300 plus. They are tough fairways to hit. I think the mentality here is why not? It's going to be hard to hit anyway, like a U.S. Open. So give me the driver and let's launch it. How, what are some other things, statistics that you're looking at? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And often, 
the misconception is when the fairways are are more difficult to hit, is it better to be those that are a little bit shorter and just play off the short grass? And I I think it's the opposite. You know, you'd rather see what happened at Wingfoot, what happened at the PGA Championship. You know, when when Justin Thomas won at this same course, mm-hmm. you can just absolutely bomb it. Um, you know, and just try to take advantage because you know irons are always at a premium. But if you're going to be missing greens and you you need to hit them here. They're, they're going to be the uh, around the green shots that ultimately, you know, I can think vividly of, of JT winning that week and, and how important his short game was. And we've seen long shots win. I mean, James Hahn with a victory here. I mean, Wise pushed Jason Day after yeah. Wise almost had won the week before. Um, so I, I think there, I mean, obviously Max Homa was 300 to one the last time we saw that with Joel Dobbin, you know. Yeah. second to place. So I think this, this field is pretty wide open. It's a stronger one, one of the strongest we've seen in a bit, but yeah, I think uh, the bombers are going to be the most advantageous here. I love the finish too. Cause you have 14 and 15, 14 is the short par four. Uh, that's the, it's ranked um, the second easiest hole. And then 15 is the par five and it's the easiest hole. So you go, you can get your birdies there. And then they just put the brakes on because then you go to 16 it is the fourth hardest hole, 17, second hardest hole, 18, the hardest hole. So, I mean, they kind of go, here you go. There's a couple of birdies for you. And then you better get ready to play some golf um, in the last three. So I, I love quail hollow. I love the stretch of golf. Um, I find myself, you know, I, I like Valspar. I like uh, Copperhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the RBC, you know, and what happens over there and what that's all about. Of course, the Augusta is Augusta, but um, it's just a nice stretch of golf here. And I, I like these golf courses. And uh, Quell Hollow certainly uh, ranks up there. So let's get right after it here. We're going to get into the uh, 11K and 10K. Starting us off there is Justin Thomas, who uh, 11,300. If he made anything at all last week, he certainly would have been there. There's Bryson. We haven't seen Bryson uh, since the Masters at 11,000. John Rahm, 10,800. Xander, 10,500. Webb, 10,2. And then... Perhaps the biggest question mark of them all, Rory McIlroy, two-time champion there at 10,000. When you look at this board, what are some of the first things that come to your mind? Well, to me, it's how is Bryson now going to play this for the first time since his revamped style? You know, he he finished fourth year in 2018, obviously was a completely different golfer. And if we're going to, you know, play out like we mentioned where fairways, you know, we'd rather just have our distance is this going to be like the API where Bryson can just absolutely bomb it? And then he's, uh, we talk about this, I think a lot that, but he is just an incredible putter too, that mm-hmm. getting himself in positions he does, he can take advantage with that flat stick. So I'm really, really excited for Bryson. And you opened up with JT too. And he said it in his presser. I mean, if he holds putts, he wins. <laughs> like it, it seems like it's so much of a no brainer. However, you know, when is that putter going to cooperate? Of course has good feels here. Um, but losing seven strokes in a week putting Man. like you did last week. Um, you know, he just, he just runs like that when no one else, it seems in the 10 K plus has that in their bag of tricks. Well, it's just with JT, it just seems feast or famine, right? I think he is the most, I think he is the streakiest, putter of the great players in the game today. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. his bottom is down there, negative six and a half, it's negative seven, yep. like we saw last week. And then, oh, by the way, he'll, he'll throw a positive six or seven at you the next week. The The weekend run at the players was just epic on Saturday yep. and Sunday to win that championship. And then he can't, the hole looks like it's not even visible to him um, at Valspar. And it's interesting because I'm in the instruction world and he moved putting coaches from Matt Killen to John Graham for that very reason to understand, like, how can I quantify these big gaps in my putting? So he certainly hasn't ironed that out, um, but will certainly be there if he putts at all. I think this is going to be a lot like AP. I think Bryson's going to come out and try to overpower this thing. You know, my eyes go to John Rom. I just feel like there's been a lot in John's life, obviously off the tee with the new child, He's had a little bit of a chilly putter. And I think now, like, I'm starting to see some signs here where, uh, at least statistically, um, that things are starting to kind of bubble up here where it just feels like John Rahm is about ready to explode and have a great event now that he's past the birth of his child. He's got some reps under him, clear mind, off he goes. So 
I think John Rahm uh, for me is someone that um, that I'll probably play other than uh, a JT. I'm going to pass on Xander, even though he was third at the Masters. I just still feel like there's a lot of questions for Xander. You know, that just we saw dips in his game from the driver through the putter. Are you more likely to see, you think, the Masters version of Xander or what was happening before that? Well, the biggest question, I think, regardless was the Masters or what showed up the two weeks prior is when the going gets tough, does that around the green game, you know, show up for him? We saw that obviously blow his chance when Hideki, you know, left the door open. Um, Yeah, his all-around game competes with the best players in the world, but... I don't think this type of setup obviously has had no success here in the mm-hmm. past with the best finish being, I think like 72nd um, that I would rather pass on him. Um, and like you mentioned, I mean, I think there is a a big difference between where Ram is versus Xander and yeah. it's only $300. Yeah. So overall, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you on Ram and, and then you know, wrapping your head around, I guess, you know, you do have Webb Simpson who kind of just, you know, falls in the middle of these guys, but man, Rory is such an intriguing one to talk about right <laughs> yes. now. Cause what is going on? Yeah. I don't think you can really predict what you're going to see from Rory. I, perhaps the best thing for the game of golf would be for Rory to come out and win this tournament for the third time, you know, like, mm-hmm. and just put his foot down and say, I'm back. And then we're going to the PGA at the Q Island where he's also won at. Yep. Um, it's an interesting month for him, a couple venues that he's done well at, but I just can't, I just can't do it. I mean, I'm just, I just can't go there. Webb, I think, you know, he was positive nine at Sony with the putter outside of that. He hasn't putted really that well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of fighting his flat stick. So I'm, I'm probably going to pass there. So in the matchup, you know, for me, I'll give you, I'll give you John Rom. I think he's kind of okay. bubbling up. I think we're going to see his A game very, very soon. I mean, this is a great spot for him to just mm-hmm. get the driver going and get a hot putter yep. and uh, get himself another win. Who do you got? Okay, so then I'll take Bryson on. With okay. You. I'll, I'll leave JT up there. I think JT, we agreed he's the class of the bunch, but we'll go Bryson versus versus Rom in this stretch. I like it. Yeah, you know, JT, I mean, his ball striking is so damn good. I mean, it's just crazy good, him and Morikawa with an iron in their hand. 100%. And, and it's got to be frustrating for him to then just can't make anything. I mean, he can't, he just, he can't make anything. And for him to go from where he goes and looking like he can make everything to not making yep. anything, and it happens all of the time. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass on him once again. Similar greens, fast, Bermuda. You know, can he find form? All right, off to the 9K. I'm going to throw some names at you here. Uh, there's Vic playing some good golf at uh, 98. Cantlay, who knows, 96. He's he's struggling right now. Fino, 95. Will Zalatoris, first time here, 9,400. There's Patrick Reed, miscut last week, 9,300. Perhaps the hottest player in the game, Corey Connors at 92. Neiman, who showed some form last week at 91. And the defending champion, Max Homa at 9,000. All right, here we go. Let me let me tee this up to you. We got three first-time guys here at this venue. Hovland, Cantlay, and Zalatoris. Cantlay's never played here before. Kind of shocked me. Because um, it would have been, did he play in that PGA Championship? That'd did he play in the, the PGA Championship? Time. Let's see if we can reference. Yes, yeah. he finished 33rd he, in that. Okay. 33rd. My 33rd apologies. There. So he finished no, in no, the PGA Championship first time yes. um, as the Wells Fargo. Of those three, which way are you leaning? I'm a Zalatoris truther. Okay. I think the world of the kid, man. <laughs> I really do. Watching him at the Masters, like, it didn't matter if I had a penny on him or not. I just, mm-hmm. I, I really, really, I've been following him since, you know, he started grinding McKenzie Tour Q School. Like, I've, I've thought the world of him, and he continues to show up. So, yeah, I think, this, but also this course fit, too. I mean, I would have thought he would have played well at Heritage, but coming off the high of the week before, I mean, a mediocre finish, you know, and it's like, how does Zalatoris, you know, finish 42nd and you think lowly of it? Like his stretch of golf has been that good to think of, you know? So, but if this course gets difficult, that's when I think he will play even better. Um, So he's made for these type of setups. So I really, really like him, but yeah, you're right. Hottest golfer in the world just might be Corey Connors. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think he is. I mean, I, I think when you look at the last 24 rounds, um, strokes mm-hmm. gained total, he's he's certainly um, right there. He was T42 yep. um, in 2018. He's certainly a much different player yep. two years, a few years later now than he was uh, back then. He, uh, 21st at Valspar, 4th at the RBC, 8th at the Masters. You know, Corey Connors has just really learned how to putt. I mean, his, his ball striking has always been premier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been on the short list for me, at least from the approach game. And, and now he's, he's learned how to putt and, and, and it's been pretty consistent and that's why we're seeing his name up there. So you would think he's giving up a little bit of length. I would think he would, you know, from this standpoint here um, at this particular venue, but his iron game, when it gets going, this dude putts for birdie all of the time. I think Hovland's an interesting look here. He really looked good on Sunday uh, in Tampa, his short game is getting better. I can yeah. see it. There was a couple shots and Damon hack and I were talking about on Monday. There was a couple shots where he threw the ball up in the air much higher than he usually does. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that just tells me that he's more comfortable with what he's doing with the bounce. He's always been kind of that trapper leading edge. So I think that's a really good sign because as a player, when you know, you're one of the best ball strikers in the game and you know, your putting's good enough but don't miss a green. <laughs> you <Yep>. know? <laughs> that's how Connors used to be. Remember? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Connors used to be like that. Like he'd miss yep. the green. It's like bogey for sure. And, and Vic, you know, gosh, he's stubbing it. And he mm-hmm. just looks now like, okay, I'm, I've got the complete package. Uh, and Sunday he put on a show at Tampa yeah. Bay. I Hoffman's gotta be something you're looking at. What's going on with Cantlay three missed cuts. I mean, he just, he looks lost right now. Absolutely. And, and, it didn't even come out. I guess, you know, the the question that I asked with some of these golfers, you brought up Rom earlier too, and I can't lay the Zurich is kind of an unknown. You know, him and Xander were okay yeah. there. Does that get somebody out of a funk? You know, Burns played pretty decent there. Keegan Bradley played well there. We see them go one, two the following week. So does that get somebody out of a the kind of the funk they're in? Um, you probably get them at the lowest ownership that you're going to find Patrick Cantlay because he's normally a DFS darling when, you know, you know, yeah. his, his stats are going to be so consistent. So are you willing to pay up a little bit to then uh, get, you know, cause that's the, the game theory element is okay. $9,600. Everyone saw Hoplin play so well yesterday. Yeah. Sandwich between Finals and Alatoris. Potentially Cantlay is a pivot there that I think that he might've found something he doesn't need to find much. We know what type of golfer he is. Yeah. Um, I think I might like that a little bit more than than Rory, even though that sounds scary saying it for four hundred dollar difference. Yeah. Um, but you you just have to you you can't play as as DFS guys. You can't play all of the chalk. You have to make some <laughs> right. some you know some pivots in that sense. Where I think can't like could open up that option. Yeah, I'll come all the way down to the bottom. The two guys at the bottom I like uh, Neiman and Homa, um, defending champ Homa. He you know, you look at how he got it done last year, positive or in 2019, positive mm-hmm. two point off the tee, positive 4.6 approach, pretty flat around the green and then positive 9.9 putting. In fact, I think that was his best putting week ever um, on the PGA tour. I do think home is a better player now than he was then though. Um, is, he's, did you he's hear really, what he said in his press conference about someone asked him, I think it was last week, like, why haven't you had any success at Valspar? And now all of a sudden you show up after two rounds, you know, you're up there and he's like, I'm just a better golfer now, yeah. you know, like, and it's, it's so true. So mm-hmm. to win w- when he did, you know, when he wasn't to this caliber, you just think he's just drooling coming back here this time. I think so. I mean, he's a much better player. He certainly, yeah. um, he's better. He's a better ball striker. I mean, the stuff that, oh, yeah. um, that he's done with Mark Blackburn, who I had on the podcast, we talked extensively about it. I mean, it is big time gains, um, in what he's doing. He's in the upper third, pretty much in every major statistical category and he's playing great golf. I mean, he, he was six last week for crying mm-hmm. out loud at Valspar where he putted yep. positive 5.7. So one in the Genesis, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's rolling right now. And I like Neiman. I, I think I think Neiman's on a bit of a of a heater right now, putting. I mean, I think he's kind of found some form here. Positive five and a half at Valspar, positive three and a half at Honda. He just needs to get that driver back. I don't know what's going on there. You know, I think look at that driver, like DJ, all of a sudden the driver got a little iffy. And, and it's the same thing with Neiman. I don't know what they're fighting there, but I just feel like if Neiman can get that driver back to where we're used to seeing it with him, you know, 300 plus and straight. 
Um, the heater he's on with this putter. I, I, I think Neiman and Homa at the bottom for me, I, I kind of like them. Yeah. And that's where the sustainability of, of variance in golf, I feel he needs to take advantage of those putting, you know, opportunities mm-hmm. that he's obviously, you know, I, I would dare say a three week stretch like that, you know, you don't come across those yep. too often. Um, and to not capitalize as much as he could have knowing what he has, you know, in that off the tee mm-hmm. game. So I, I agree with you. I think he should fit incredibly well here. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't have any qualms there. And I think what the only two we haven't mentioned is I was big on Patrick Reed last week. I thought I going back to Valspar, you know, where he's played so well, had some incredible approach weeks there. And he just never even sniffed it after the opening nine. He didn't, he, he just, he didn't look good at all. You know, um, I think he lost two putting. Yeah, I did too. I was big on Reed. I, I, he was on my card and, uh, are we just numb to fee now at 9,500 now? I mean, it's like, yeah, but he doesn't win. You know, that's like, it's just the easy default, right? What do you think of Tony Fina? He, oh, he's a great player, but he just doesn't win. Like, and we just kind of get numb to him, right? Like, he's still a great player. He has a mm-hmm. hard time closing the door. It's just, yeah. you know, are you willing to spend 9,500? Um, his form here, he was T60 and 19. He did have a T21 and 18. T6 back in 2016. Um, I do think Fina is a better putter overall. I just think situationally, I, I probably don't want him to have to make birdie on the last hole to save my life. Like that's just, you know, that's, you know, it's that all that situational thing um, with Fina. So you look at these nine K I'll give you Homa. I, I'm going to, I'm going to roll okay. the max Homa train here at 9,000. So if you're staying out in that range, well, we agreed how good Corey Connors is. I'll say Zalatoris versus Homa. Nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Zalatoris guy too. He he's a he's he's a great kid, and um, I actually talked mm-hmm. to him after the U.S. Open, and um, you know, following he, he was he was getting ready to head down to Corrales, and where he was the favorite um, at Putacana in in DraftKings. It was it was crazy. I think with Zalatoris, like you knew he was a great ball striker, and yeah. he had distance. I think his putting has really impressed, and mm-hmm. I think all the talk about the the, you know, the bracing and the arm lock is yeah. because of will, uh, and the yeah. success that he's having. Um, and you know, maybe we should ban this. And I think a lot of it is generated, um, from Bryson winning the U S open yeah. and the play of wills our tours. That makes sense. What I'm yeah. excited about is to, to bring my worlds together, loving Zalatoris, loving the European tour. If he doesn't come through with a win, he said he might chase the race to Dubai championship to close out the European you tour, go. which is crazy. The kid might be a top 20 player in the world and the FedEx cup playoffs are playing on. And here's one of your guys <laughs> playing over in Europe. If that happens. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully he might just win a major by then too. And then it might end, but we'll see. Yeah. It would, I wouldn't put it past him. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. 8k Abraham answer. He's coming on 8,900 Sunjai 88. Those two probably, appropriately placed Harmon 87. He won here back in 2017. Jason day, another winner in 18 Keegan Bradley has learned how to putt again at 85. They'll probably take the brace, the arm lock away from him. Now Cameron Trangali, maybe the most consistent player on the planet right now, 8,400 Bubba 83 Lowry 82. My man Grio let me down last week, 8,100 English 8,000 Fleetwood 8,000. Start at the top there. Um, any of those guys interest you? Uh, answer M, Harmon, or Day? So I always have a tough time with the top two there, Abraham Answer and Sung JM. I think I think they're very different players in the sense you can count on Answer week in and week out with Tita Green. You know, he hasn't lost strokes Tita Green since the Genesis where he barely lost anything there. You know, he was really good at the Heritage. Obviously finished his fifth um, last week led by, I think it was a career best putting for him. Nine and um, a half. Yeah, which is wild to say for Abraham answer. Um, so you would think if that type of golfer gains that many strokes on the green, they would have won, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what he he has in his game. So, um, but then Sungjae is somebody who's like a bag of tricks each week. One week it's the <laughs> off the tee, the other one's yeah. approach. And then, you know, he puts the lights out, but he hasn't strung them all together. So 
I think both of them end up a little bit more popular than I feel all that comfortable with on DraftKings. So I'm probably moving down a little bit, either playing the guys heavy in the 9Ks and getting to the 7s or going down to the lower end of the 8Ks, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have a hard time playing Sanjay. You know, when I first started doing this and he came out, he was a rookie of the year. We were getting him at 79 and 75. Yeah. I felt like him and I were on the same page. But in the last six months, he's the one guy that I just can't get right. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm not playing him. I don't care yep. if he's 4,000. I'm not playing him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> and because you hit it on the head, he's a bag of tricks. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. I wrote that down. Actually, that's <laughs> that's brilliant. And and you know, an answer too. You're you're right about him. Um, he can get a little clunky around the green sometimes, but um, man, positive nine point four fifth at the Valspar. I think Harmon's interesting at eighty seven. He's one here, very steady play in seventeen, and and really is doing some nice things. Seems to be very much at peace with his game and. A lot of top 20s, 13th at the RBC, played really good at the Masters, 12th, third at the Players. You know, these are some good fields. Um, he's the one the, I'm going to, I think. Are you? He was, yeah, he's, he was he, so good at the Masters. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, and we haven't seen him since RBC, keep in mind. So yeah, um, he's going to be coming in, I think, pretty fresh and, and ready to go. I, I tend to agree with you. You know, Day, you know, he, he won an 18, but – Man, I just, you know, can his back, I mean, you just, he's one swing away from walking off the golf course. It feels like each and every week. I, it's what's interesting with Jason day is he's, he's really, he's driving the ball. I think very well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when he switched with Chris Como and they've really done some really good things with his driving. His approach game is just okay though. I mean, I think he's never been a great approach player, maybe incremental gains there. I was hoping to see a little more growth in the approach game with the driving, you know, through some of the changes, but it just hasn't panned out. And his putter, who's very, usually very consistent has become kind of hot and cold um, yeah. with Jason day. What do you make of Keegan Bradley? I, I think, you know, Bradley is on, is on a little bit of a heater here. 85 feels a little pricey for me. Um, we know we're getting the ball striking. He still has to feel good from a second last week that look four or five weeks, he's been positive in strokes gained putting. He hasn't seen this kind of stretch since belly putting. I mean, (laughs) we're talking, this is the best perhaps Keegan has ever, ever putted with the arm lock. You know, he's finding it. He's starting to find some form. And if they take this away from him, he's got the worst luck in professional golf. <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. And I, I, I like it a lot. I think I feel more comfortable going in even at 8,500. That is a boost. Sometimes people will get priced out of golfers. You know, again, if I'm thinking mind theory, we're playing these bigger DraftKings contests where you're competing against hundreds of thousands of people where ownership does matter. You don't want to, again, just repeat against everybody. And I think Keegan hopefully gets that bump up enough that people say, ah, do they want to question it? Is that putter going to remain? But you know, the irons are, you know, T the green is, and, and that is what we talked about being a premium here. So I love it. I would say I prefer Keegan, you know, Keegan and Harmon there. Um, and it's interesting with Tringali, you know, he feels every week, just weird odds, weird pricing. When you look at these finishes, it's like, how does, you know, Tringali do it? you know, every single week, you know, with Connors, I guess, in the sense, you know, a third, ninth, a 13th, is he the 8K version of Connors? And, and we're not even thinking about it. Yeah, I think he is. I don't, I don't think Trigali gets the respect um, that he deserves, you know, I mean, from the media. I mean, he's playing some great golf. The fact yep. he's kind of like Fina, he just hasn't won, right? So I think he's a leading money winner in the history of PGA Tour that'll win, um, which I, I want to be on that list. But then once you're on that list, you don't want to be on that list, right? Yep. That's kind of yep. one of those things. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. He just keeps it going and he finishes 12th, you know, this mm-hmm. week. I mean, that yep. wouldn't Which surprise me Which is perfectly fine for that price too. Yeah. I, you know, wrapping your head around winning versus DraftKings, yeah. you know, to, to finish 12th in the mid eights, like I take that all day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's, you know, he's just, just okay, I'm going to pass on him again. And he's going to show yep. up. He's going to be in the top five with six to play, make a bogey <laughs> coming in and he's gonna, in T13. You know, that's, yep. um, you know, Bubba's interesting. He hadn't played here since 2013. Um, I kind of get the feeling with Bubba. Um, I kind of get the feeling with Bubba that he's he's really confident in his game right now. I, I, I just feel like he's kind of, last couple weeks, he's found some stuff with his putter. He looks, 
he's smiling, you know, like, why is he going here to play for the first time since 2013? I, I think he's an interesting one at 83. Um, but I think he's, I, I really think he's got some form right now and he feels good uh, about his game. Lowry, Tina Green's been solid, um, but the putter, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll pass on Lowry. I was big on Grio last week. I think Grio mm-hmm. has found some things with his putting as well. You know, it's a common narrative for so many players on the PGA tour. It's like, yeah, dude's a great ball striker. And his putting, he's just kind of like, you know, and yeah. I, I just felt like with Grio that th- there's been some form. So can he kind of rebound from really a clunky Valspar missing the cut and get back to the form that we saw at RBC in second? What do you think on this venue? Yeah. I mean, I woke up, you know, Thursday morning and there's Grio two under through three solo first comes in five under and the fact that he misses that cut, you yeah. know, that's, that leaves a sour taste in your mouth to yeah, your point. And, you know, again, uh, a 10th here, you know, the last time out, or I guess inside the opening finished ninth here last time out, I would think the stretch of golf, you know, do you want to say one round is enough to put you off of him? I don't think so. I think I'm willing to play Grio 8,100. Yeah. I think doing some prognosticating like you are with like Baba trying to read into it. He seemed happy go lucky with Scheffler at the Zurich. They had a good time. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just these tracks for Bubba um, seem to be interesting. I think the forgotten man, and oh, this feels tough to say, but I want it so bad for Tommy Fleetwood. One of these weeks, man, <laughs> it's just like, you know, he shows up here and there. there's a leaderboard and then there's a couple of bogeys, but on the European tour side, you, you look at anything. He's like, you know, the, the best golfer in the world over there when he plays, and then he just can't transfer it out. Terrible opening round at the heritage, but he looked really good on that Friday. So maybe he found something and can carry it over. I'd like it. Yeah, that's yeah. I think you make some valid points there with Fleetwood. I, I never overlook Fleetwood. I, I I'm with you there. You know, like it's, when's he going to have that moment, you know, when it mm-hmm. comes to here? Yep. Uh, he was 46 masters, missed the cut of the players, played good at API. Mm-hmm. He was 10th. You know, I'd have to put some more thought there with Fleetwood. I, I, I agree with you on Grio. I'm, I'm certainly not coming off of him. I will continue to play Emil Grino. I think he's, I think he's moving in the right direction. I really do. I was really impressed with Grio on the weekend at RBC. It just looked like the most comfortable I've seen him with every club in his back and particularly the putter. He just looked like he was in full command of what was going on to your point five under on Thursday. And then I'm not sure what happened yeah. on Friday. He played the par fives. I think three over um, on the back nine on Friday, just really uncharacteristic English. Just, I think kind of, I don't know, maybe he mailed it in after winning the tournament of champions and just <laughs> everything's kind of faded a little bit. He's certainly not the same player right now that he was earlier in the year. It's an For interesting sure. group in here in the eight thousands. Um, I think my, I think I would probably gravitate. Well, are you going to take Harmon and you want me to take someone else who you got? I'll let you pick yeah. first. Okay. Then I'll, I'll take, yeah. Harmon will be my matchup. Yep. Okay. I'm such a sucker. Cause I'm going for a me on a Grio again. <laughs> okay. You're you're gonna gonna cushion. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Grio again at uh, 8,100. I took the beating last week, but I'm, I'm, I'm stepping back in again this week. He's going to get, things figured out here um keep the putter going and just like let's try to not double a par five on the back nine and then bogey the other anyway let's go to the seven thousands lots the hits literally keep on coming from one boxing event to the next they grow in excitement and in anticipation and this weekend is no different with two of the sports most respected fighters stepping into the ring saturday night There is no better place to get in in all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55-to-1 odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's 
bet $1. And if the fighter of your choice wins, you cash $55 plus. With basketball and hockey playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe secure and reliable meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience download the top top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code travis when you sign up for a limited time all new users can bet one dollar to win 55 dollars on this weekend's main event that's right DraftKings sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win 55 dollars when placing a bet of one dollar on this weekend's big fight only at DraftKings Sportsbook. To think about here. So in the sevens, what we're going to do, because there's so many of them, is we're going to go ahead and give you our favorites. I'll pick three. Skylar will pick three. Why don't you lead us off here? Give us a name that um, is intriguing to you in the seven thousands. Yeah, I'll go in the higher range to start. Um, we have we talked about a two-time winner, you know, so far on the PGA Tour this season. I took him in my matchup in the, you know, 11K range for Bryson. Mm-hmm. And we have the other two-time winner this season, uh, Stu Manji, Stuart Sink, <laughs> 7,900. Yeah. I mean, the renaissance is unbelievable. And, you know, again, of course, the win and just the dominant win that he had at the Heritage can't be said enough. But even his lead-in form, you know, does – a, a win for Sam Burns versus another win for, you know, uh, Stuart Sink, you know, a notch in his belt. Does that, I think the difference is just, he's just showing up, he's keeping the plan and I think he can just keep, keep the good vibes rolling. So he does well off the tee. His approach game was great. His putter has been yeah. awesome. You know, again, 12th place at the masters, you know, the week prior. So I think Stu, Stu's a, another great play at an elevated price, but I, I'm good with paying it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, he, he just looks like, you know, he looks like when, when I watch Stuart play right now, it looks like he's just playing on found money. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. he's playing good. It's, you try to play golf and just get out of your own way, which is easier said yep. than done. It's like, don't care so much. And that's what it looks like. You know, it just looks like he's just, he's got a son on the bag. Yep. Give me the driver. Give me the eye. You know, it just, it just looks like yep. he's playing on house money and it's all kind of coming together. He's putting good. He's got 10 more yards off the tee. And, um, no one made a really a run at him and he just holds on and and wins. I like that pick at 79. Um, Matt Wallace has been good to me. Yes. He's been very good to me, uh, at, um, with my, over the last, uh, two or three months here, he's, he's playing some good golf, 7,500 sign me up. I know it's the first time, but 18th at the RBC third at Valero. I look at Matt Wallace. I think he's, I think he's kind of got it all going right now. And, and playing some good golf. He's been spending a lot of time over here in the United States, of course. Um, he's settled in. He comes in rested. Yeah, I could I could easily see 7,500 to top 20 out of Matt Wallace uh, at this venue. Who else you got? So, and, I mean, to, to your point, I mean, I just think Wallace is a bulldog. You know, he, yeah. he grinded out many wins, you know, on the Alps Tour into the European Tour. And has just been a quality player for, for what we've seen, you know, over extended period of time. Um, and for the first time, I guess would say has strung together, you know, these results that you'd expect of him in back-to-back tournaments and continued it going. So, um, no, I, I like that pick. If we're going down a little bit, and we, again, we mentioned that, you know, Tita Green is ultimately, you know, the name of the game here. If we can bomb it off there. I think one of the best golfers off the tee, you know, pretty much this season who we ran into a couple maybe venues that might have not fit him. Um, I think Cameron Davis at 7,100. So we're going down a little bit there, but Cameron Davis is kind of sticking out for me. I mean, you look at, again, four, four tournaments in a row, crushing it off the tee. He had that stretch to start the year that he was really, really good tee to green. Um, so I think, again, do you need – you know, the putter to cooperate for a top finish. Yes. You know, you're going to want him to be obviously, you know, positive on the greens to get you inside probably the top 20, but man, he birdies in bunches. So I think yep. Davis on a tougher track can fit well. We're kind of, we're waiting on Cameron Davis, right? Like his moment, like when is it, when is it coming? And yep. he, he certainly looks like he has all the tools there and, and we're waiting on that moment. Perhaps this is the week. I'll stay in that range. I'll give you Charles Schwartzel, um, mm-hmm. 7,200. He was T9 back in 2018. I just think Charles Schwartzel's playing good golf. I mean, 
he's found some stuff right now. Of course, him and Louie are right there. Yep. Um, and then Louie hit it in the water on anyway. And uh, so Charles was um, 21st at Valspar mm-hmm. last week, hit the ball brilliantly. Short game, let him down a little bit. 26 at the Masters. I mean, I, I just think that's three tournaments in a row here. Um, yeah. I don't need you to win the tournament, Charles. I mean, I just yep. get, get you in there in a, in a top 20 or top 25. And um, it's easy to look, overlook a Charles, you know? It's like it's easy oh, yeah. to – it's easy just kind of, okay, we'll keep kind of skipping down. And and uh, I think you have, to, you have to take a stop and look at – he's playing some good golf. And um, I think this is a venue that um, he likes. He has a top 10 here. Um, mm-hmm. Just in 2018, so I'll, I'll take Charles down in the 72. Give us one more in the in the sevens. We'll we'll stay international. We're keeping this flavor rolling yeah. here for us. Um, I've I've preached what we talked about with with off the tee. You know, we goodness, and here I am with my last pick in the seventh on a golfer that is completely opposite, almost Charles-esque, where the putter in the short game, you know, really carries you know another grinder here. If this course gets difficult. You know, we've seen now four straight made cuts with them, three of them being inside the top 26 for Ian Poulter recently. Yep. Um, you know, he's somebody that you said you don't want to have Finau with a birdie putt, you know, and your money on an 18th hole. There might not be anybody more in the world that I want than Poulter <laughs> out there with things on the line. So um, I, again, you're getting in this range where, you know, there are golfers talents I really like, Cameron Davis being one of them, but the pedigree of, of Charles and Poulter um, I think at some of these big quality tracks uh, can pay off. So I like Poulter down there. Let's throw some other names in here and then I'll, I'll give you my third name. Russell Let's feels see. a little 79, not the best spot for him. Henley, he can be popular, you know, in mm-hmm. the mid eights to high sevens. He's missed the cut the last two times here. Glover's interesting at 78. Um, he's done well with this tournament. He's been showing for him. Yep. Um, Fowler, I just can't do at 78. The swing changes just haven't, even though we know he's played this golf course exceptionally well in his history. It just, it's not the same Ricky Fowler. Like we we know this is not the same Ricky Fowler coming in. Um, You wonder where Joel Damon's head's at, right? 76, he's got his win. Um, He was second here last year. You know, is he going to come in and, there was a stretch there of Joel Damon, you know, where he just, his name was up there all the time. It felt like his name was just popping up and he, he had a tough run there, six of seven missed cuts. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, he wins Corrales. So where's his head at? Seems a little risky. I'm not sure where Woodland's head's at either. I mean, the opening, uh, well, I think he was like five or six under on the opening or six over on the opening nine uh, last week. It's tough because you want it so bad for Gary, you know, like, Seems, you know, just an amazing guy, obviously, you know, having that U.S. Open win. That was, you know, one of the the greatest, I think, you know, performances that we've seen, you know, from him. And then obviously, you know, it just hasn't strung anything together. So I, I don't think I can risk it here. I would love to say, I think at his peak, Brendan Steele would be someone who could really, really do well off the tee. But then like the last time of the Bolero, he, he was pitiful. Yeah. Um, so, but he kind of sticks out a little bit too. Um, and I'm, about I'm Matt like, Jones, what about Matt Jones, 7,400, one earlier in the year at the Honda. Mm-hmm. He's yep. had some form here. T38, T28. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in rested. We haven't seen him in a while. Yep. Um, you know, I could, I could, I could throw Matt Jones. I kind of have, I always kind of caught in between here I, I have steel down as well Aaron Wise is interesting at 71 yeah. he's played great here mm-hmm. but you just never know with that guy's putter I mean it could it can go ice cold yep um really quickly Vegas if you're really Johnny Vegas at 7k I think if you need someone down there I would recommend mm-hmm. um but I'll give you Matt Jones at 74 yeah. I think I, I, you know, I've been kind of wrestling that one around a little bit. I think Matt Jones is playing really good golf. Obviously, he's got to win, but he's he's shown some form here at this venue. Comes in rested. Let's keep the train rolling. Yeah, I, I can get behind Jones too. I, um, you know, I think putting him around this group of golfers, and even before that, you know, the win, of course, is one thing, but you know, form lead in was showing up, showing those flashes. So yeah, I think when. And Aussie, I guess we had two Aussies there. Let's hope yep. the uh, the wind gets going a little bit and they can yep. really show off. Yep. All right. 
down to the 6k let's give them let's give them two each here so you know i'm a little heavy i need i need i, I gotta get someone down here in the sixes right Who, who's that gonna be i have a tough time wrestling with this because I don't think I, I've recommended him in quite some time. And, you know, everyone gets to see his game week in and week out. And his, he's the king of Quail Hollow almost with these mm -hmm. top finishes. And I, it's it's funny to see Phil Mickelson at $6,900. Yeah, you know, I, I I feel a little gross trying to recommend that <laughs> in, in 2021. <laughs> but what, three out of the last five, top 35 for him. Yeah. You know, Valspar, what he missed the cut on the number or, or just short of it was still, I mean, his irons have been really good. So do mm -hmm. you think the short game magic of what we know Phil has in him can reappear? You know, is there inspiring from Stuart Sink doing so well? Is that a little bit of competitive? You know, I think, I think Phil still has enough in him to pay off salary in this ring. You know, that's the thing is you don't have to wrap your head around Phil, even finishing inside the top 10. Can he give you that 20th that he has and, and make a bunch of birdies and string it together? I, he's shown that recently yeah. in that sense. So I, I think I'm okay with, with paying $6,900 for Phil. Yeah. I think you have to here. You know, this is, he, he just, it's like Augusta almost, right? Like he mm -hmm. just, he knows how to play this golf course. He knows every little bit about it and how to manage him his way around us. I think it's a good play. Even, it's Phil Mickelson. It's kind of risky, right? Because you know he could just start hitting it off the planet and then things can go awry. So here's Doc Redmond, 69. He was T18 back in 2019. James Hahn won it back in 16. Um, I think the, the name that I'll give you is Vincent Whaley at 64. So if you had to go way down, right? And like, I need to see, yeah, take Vincent Whaley, 6,400, first time, 29th at the Valspar, 34th at Valero. I think he's an average ball striker, but I think he's a very good putter. 26-year-old from Lexington, Kentucky. I kind of like his game. I think it's kind of maturing. And if, I could see, I could easily see at 6,400, let's make the cut, you know, and let's get inside the top 35. Uh, you know, if you're down there and you need a name in that range, I, I like Vincent Whaley, 6,400. Maybe Ted Potter you know, Jr. He played good last week. He's at 6,400. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think what's interesting is we pay so much attention to this game. You know, we, we live and breathe it. I'm reading the stats. You know, we all live and die. And if you were to tell me how many straight made cuts in a row has Vincent Whaley made, I would have, you know, maybe guessed, okay, two, maybe two mm -hmm. or three. He's ripped off six in a row now. Yeah. So that is some form for a golfer at $6,400. I think that's a very sneaky play. Yeah, I like him. It just it, it feels. I don't think I think this course sets up good for him. Um, Kentucky kid knows a thing or two mm -hmm. about this kind of grass. I think it's. Um, I, I think it fits. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Who else you got? You got anybody else in the six or? Yeah, I'll go one more um, okay. golfer. I was pretty intrigued on last weekend, who kind of fell apart. Um, I think it was Saturday. Got him. Um, again, I have this European tour bias, I guess, in the sense that I just <laughs> I like love it. to play these golfers that, you know, make their way over there. And, you know, you equate the corn Ferry tour versus the European tour. Some of these talents, you see them, you know, as they come and Tom Lewis is a golfer who is as talented as any, you know, he, he came after, you know, not showing any form in European tour and dominated that corn Ferry tour championship to get himself on the tour card. You know, we finished second at a WGC last year. And if you're talking about, again, we said Whaley with these made cuts in a row. Tom Lewis has also um, made the weekend now in six consecutive events. Um, Friday, he was super good. Saturday, he was super bad. But again, if you're asking for the weekend out of these golfers, I think it's $6,700. You can do a lot worse than Tom Lewis. Yeah, Tom's been good to me. I had him. I had a couple really good cards um, in the RBC where he finished 25th. Um, mm -hmm. and he, yeah, I like that play a lot. What's he at? What's six, what, where's he at? So 6,700, 6,700. Yeah. Yeah. I like Tom Lewis. Let's see here. Um, some other names. Danny Lee played good last week. 21st at the Valspar. Uh, Patrick Rogers has think. shown some form here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Vaughn Taylor, six at the Valspar. He's shown form at this 
at this golf course as well. He was T13 oh, wow. back in 2019, T17 in 2017. He comes in feeling mm-hmm. good, Vaughn Taylor, For 68, sure. another one. But I'm going to give you another 6,400 name, Brandon Haggy. I'm going long ball. Yep. I'm going long ball. And um, so we're going to get some length off the tee. He finished, two eight, he finished T18 back in 2018 and playing okay. Um, second at the Honda, 17th at Valero. I think he's, you know, I don't need him to conquer the world here. So mm-hmm. I like the length. I like where he's kind of trending and I'm going to, I'm going to put him in there with Vincent Whaley, my two picks at 6,400. We also got Tom Lewis at 67 and lefty at 6,900. Mike Weir wins on the champion sword daily, almost wins. I was watching yeah. that with great. I was, I, I was pulling for Dale. I wish he, it's a great story with Weir, of course. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's put his time in, but that was pretty cool to see daily down the stretch there at oh, the champions absolutely. tour. Well, good stuff. But Skylar Hoke, you're the man, uh, follow your stuff. FTN daily, follow him at Skyhook DFS. Where else? Anything else you got going on? I know you're, yeah, I always have have the European tour show um, on Mayo Media Network. So Monday afternoons that will be posted. Um, so you can find that, catch up on that. And again, my role is educating the golf world on you know some of these golfers as they transition into the major championships and make their way into you know some of the world's best. So you know we give our picks out for that week. You know, thankfully I've ran into a couple of winners over the yes, past yeah. uh, couple of weeks. So hopefully we keep that rolling. But yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, this was a blast today. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed. Yeah, we'll do it again. Now you did a great job and we'll, we'll definitely you. have you back on the, on the podcast again, Skylar. Thank you. And, uh, until next time, let's, let's cash a couple of these tickets. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team, in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels visit encoregolf.com slash travis fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game now back to the stripe show podcast